If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ruined. I'm Hallie. <laughs> I forgot my name. Finally. What's my name? What is your name? <laughs> Hallie. I'm Allison. And uh, welcome to a fun episode of Ruined where we're doing a little bit of a mailbag. Yeah. This is, uh, don't be shocked. Don't be alarmed. We won't be ruining a movie. We just had, had a lot of great um, emails and tweets and Instagram messages. And we thought we would just hang out and... Shoot, yeah. the, shoot the shit. Shoot the shit. Talk scary movies. Talk uh, candy. We've got requests and different things we'll cover. So, like, this is just going to be a fun, uh, loosey-goosey episode for us. Where you get to see the real, the real us. Just kidding. It's, this is who we are. <laughs> <laughs> right. We, we let slip the, the, the super polished professional right. facade. And you yes. see the real us. The, the gleaming surface that is ruined to, to show you, uh, who we are. No, what if like all this whole time I'm like surprised I have a British accent? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oi, Billy. Oh yeah, neither of us are accent people. We God. don't know. To, I can't. No, yeah, I, please. I'm please so delete that. Self-conscious like the second like somebody's like if I like try and do an accent, I'm just like, eh, n- nope, sorry. I'm just, it's just this. It's just, this is my voice. <laughs> I remember I did like a commercial class one time back when Ooh. I thought like I could potentially go for commercials. And they're like, yeah, you're probably going to be asked to play up that Midwestern accent a lot. I was like, oh, right. I have a Midwestern accent. I'm going to let me think about it. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then I went to like, they had like people come and like meet us or whatever. And I went to like the final class, like sort of like the, Show what you got, and I went there with my hair wet because I don't know right from wrong. You were like, I'm auditioning to be just fresh out of the shower exclusively. <laughs> Hi, I'm Miss Hallie. I'm auditioning to be wet as hell. <laughs> Anywho, we didn't get didn't get any jobs from that. I'll tell you that much. I never did any of that commercial work, but I did. Um, I do remember early in comedy, there was a guy at a party, and I w- he was like, "What do you do?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm like starting out in comedy." And he goes, "Oh, that makes sense. Your voice is super annoying." And I was Ugh. like, "Okay, first so of you all, you guys dated for two years. That doesn't make sense. Um, and also, he's probably not wrong. Um, no, you have, you have a beautiful melodious a, voice. A, a melodious, uh, lyric-sounding Jewish played, lady. Played, yeah, played on a trombone. Yeah." <laughs> It is very trombone No, I am the same way. You know, I feel like yeah. we have distinctive voices. We That's do have distinctive which is like nice for our audience. I feel like we don't sound alike. I hope, you know, tell us if we're wrong. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I guess we're kind of both nasally. Yeah. Guys, this is the kind of <laughs> riveting stuff you could look forward to in this, our sporadic mailbag episodes. This is what happens when we don't have like a very specific assignment in front of us. Just. Well, Allison very kindly put us together a run of show, so let's get into it. We'll start with like some general updates to episodes that we've done already. Absolutely. Movies movies that you've already heard us ruin, and if you haven't, uh, go listen to them. Now, the, the first thing that I was interested in doing is, of course, when we talked about it in the Orphan episode, also, this is a great, this is almost like a meta-ruin. Like, if you haven't listened to all our episodes, we're going to ruin them yeah, right now. That's fun. So we, uh, one thing I want to talk, touch on is um, Allison knew the twist of the orphan ahead of time, or sorry, of orphan ahead of time, yes. because it was being compared to a news story at the, at the time um, yeah. about a woman whose par- adoptive parents abandoned her in Indiana, bad enough, 
Yeah. Because they alleged that she was actually a full-grown adult woman when they adopted her rather than a an eight-year-old girl. Let's yes. Say. Which is, of course, the plot of Orphan. And when that news story was breaking, obviously everybody was like, it's just like Orphan. And exactly. then they're like, we have to do that movie. And it was like, I already know what happens. But like, not right. really. Not enough. And, I, and so, because I was like, I wonder what's happened since then. It's been a year since that came out. It was yes. actually last November. And so, as you could imagine, the, the pandemic has slowed the wheels of justice for many people, including um, the woman who allegedly was an adult woman when she was adopted. So, the most recent update, at least, that I was able to find about this story is that charges have been dropped against the adoptive father who allegedly uh, abandoned this person who may or may not have been a child. So I thought that that what they were saying was, oh, okay, so they decided she really was has always been an adult. Yeah, that is what this headline leads you to believe. And interestingly, what they're actually, the judge is actually saying is they like, I cannot rule on these charges because, or I can't, I'm not ruling on whether or not she was a child or whether, you know, what age she is. What I'm right. saying is that these parents had somebody's birth certificate changed to say that she is an adult, and I cannot undo that. I guess a higher court could. And okay. then also some charges were dropped because the statute of limitations were too long. So the point of it is, the case is still ongoing. And it all goes back to these people were able to change their adopted daughter's birth certificate. And even if that was true, even if she was an adult and this was like an imposter situation, yeah. I don't understand how you're allowed to change the date on somebody else's birth certificate. I just don't understand that. That's the whole point of a birth certificate. It's the date. So that's, we just want to give you that update because I was just like, oh, okay, so it was, she was an adult. And then you read it, it's like, oh, it's actually way more legally complicated to make that determination. And also all still extremely up in the air. And I'm very curious. And like, also like what's nice is like, not nice. It's so nice that this case is still open and we have no answers. But Mm -hmm. like, this case remains open and there is going to be a sequel to Orphan. It is going to star the same actress who played... Um, who played Esther in the movie Orphan, an orphan prequel starring Isabel Furman. Not a sequel, a prequel. But that's, but you're right, that's even crazier. Because like, so now she's an actual adult woman. I think she's like in her early to mid-20s playing a child that is younger than she looked when she was 12. But is the, it's, you know, it says on IMDb, which we all know is uh, the be-all, end-all of entertainment news, correct? (laughs) Um, That like, the plot is still under wraps and we don't really know what's happening. But, like, if it's a prequel, that's still an adult. Like, now she's going to be playing the correct age, I think. Well, you're right. To your point, the character has always been an adult. The character's been an adult the whole time. So, like, if we're going back in time to, like, the adult girl leaving, uh, like, what, she was in a hospital, a psychiatric ward? Yes. And then then she was adopted by a previous family and, and as far as we know, did the same thing to that daddy that she does to... um, the daddy, all that daddy stuff. So, like, I feel, you know, like, now she's actually uh, appropriately... I'm interested to see how they make her look and how old she's supposed to be. Absolutely. And I want to be clear, I understand why it had to be a prequel because if you've listened to the episode, she did at the end. So what what, what were their options? Yeah, no. They could be like, and then, you know, nothing. Her sister shows up or whatever. Another fun thing that a listener, Jeff, sent us, thank you, Jeff, and he was quite alarmed that we didn't bring this up, it was that in The Exorcist, of course, Reagan has to go through all these medical tests and everything. Paul Bateson appeared in, he was actually a radiology tech. So they were, he was cast as a radiology tech 
presumably because he already knew how to do it and like make right. it look appropriate. Also, representation. <laughs> exactly. We need to see more I don't see radiology actual checks. radiologists on you know playing radiologists. And he's actually in the scene when you know when we talked about when he the, he she gets a um a catheter put into her neck. Yeah, that yeah. He he's in that scene. And so Jeff pointed out, well, I think it's Tracy you didn't point out that he is a multiple murderer. And so this is from Wikipedia. This is Paul Bateson was convicted of the murder of film industry journalist Addison Viral and sentenced to prison. In 2003, he was released on parole, which ended after five years. And before his trial, he was implicated in a series of unsolved slayings of gay men in Manhattan. What? That's so crazy. That is the plot of a movie. Like Killings. Oh, I know. Oh, please. I read that. I would be like, well, we should write that movie. We should definitely write that movie. Um, okay. Killings that he then reportedly boasted about while in jail. However, no bold. additional charges were ever brought against <gasps> him. Which Why? means he got out on parole. After bragging about these other killings. Yeah. So he was in jail from, he was convicted in 1979, which is six years after The Exorcist came out. And so he got out of prison in 2003. He ostensibly is out of prison. He's out just practicing radiology? Right. I, yeah, if you've been convicted of a murder, can you I would, go back to being a radiology tech? I don't, I don't know, know. You know, I don't know if it were, I don't know what the licensing looks like and kind of what jeopardizes it and what doesn't. Right. I got to believe you can't work in the medical profession if you've been arrested for murder. Boy, yeah, you'd hope so. You would think, but I don't really know how it works. And I, I hope that you can't. <laughs> um, right. Well, I guess the question is, did he kill this person in the midst of giving them radio radiology technology? Well, probably not. Right? Or is that what was... I don't I don't think so. I think yeah. they, he killed him matters. in his spare time. I don't think it matters how you murder someone. If you've been in prison for murder or convicted of murder, I don't think you get to practice any kind of radiology or other medicine. <laughs> Oh, also, I spoke to a student saying we should write this movie. They, somebody already did write this movie. It is 1980, the 1980 film Cruising, which oh. is also by the um, exorcist director William Friedkin. Interesting. Inspired by a novel of the same name. Essentially inspired by... So there's a by, novelization of this guy's murder spree. And I then think a it's movie, more like loosely, like... Loosely. It's like, yes, there were... Um, like, there, like, that is a story. Like, there were people who... Murdered. Yeah, there were be gay men gay being man. murdered in the yeah. leather scene in the seventies. Yes. So yes. it's not it's not specifically about Paul Bateson, yeah. but I think he inspired the novel, which which the film was made out of. Interesting. But you're right. There's still room there, I think, for us to really make our mark. I think we could get in there. I mean, like, because what's really interesting is like the fact that he was like in this horror movie where people die and he murdered someone. Like, that's you know, you do the. The show within a show, you know, like, let's really, like, there's a production going on, and then, you know, we look at the <laughs> early life, right? Oh, I think you're right. I think you know? you're absolutely right. I think, like, the more interesting thing is that he was actually, like, working on this movie. Yeah, because I guess he would have probably been killed. I mean, again, this is all allegedly. Right. The man's still alive, and he's out and about. But I guess, yeah, allegedly, if he was killing other people, he could have been killing them while he was shooting The Exorcist. In terms yeah. of time-wise, we don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a great movie to write. So, thank you so much, Jeff, for this. Fascinating. Yes. I had never heard of that before. Yeah. And I've heard of everything. I, hell, is the encyclopedia. Um, somebody else tweeted at me. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, Allison has to put me on trial, and she is right to do I, it. I, and this is a, a grievance that I and the, uh, 
the court of, of Twitter public opinion and the specific listener who, I'm so sorry, I do not have your handle in front of me. But in The Thing, which is allegedly one of Hallie's absolute favorite movies, oh, I'm so she neglected to tell me that throughout the film, there is a character on roller skates. Yes, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I think I just, you know, you see movies that take place in the 70s, right? Sure. And sometimes they do stuff that, like, to you seems bizarre. And yet, in order to have it make sense in your mind, you have to just accept what's going on. And I'm trying to look up the name of which character it was. Nalls, I want to say. Let me see. Because I don't want to tell you, I don't want to mislead you after all this time. Yeah, no, you can't lie to me again. Um, yes. Okay, so it, it was Nalls. And Great. he's portrayed by actor T.K. Carter. And I think he's supposed to be, like, the youngest one. Like, he has, like, a sweatband, and he's kind of, like, sporty. Yeah. But yeah, at a certain point, he's just roller skating throughout the station. And I guess we're to think, like, they're just so bored. And, like, the station is, like, pretty long. So he's just skating around. I don't know. I don't know what would compel someone to skate in their workplace around yeah. their coworkers. I don't know. I don't have—I don't know what insight that gives into that character— but you're right, I should have mentioned it because it is cute. You know, in a, in a movie that's very gross. It's worth bringing up. I mean, my, my thought is maybe you've seen that movie so many times because you like absolutely, it so much yeah, that absolutely. this has completely left your mind as something worth noting, it which worries is, me yeah. for doing other favorites of yours. Like, <laughs> What else are we missing? Um, and that was uh, tweeted at us by uh, Resting Watch Face. So I appreciate that. And uh, anytime Hallie makes a mistake, I think it's important. I do it constantly, and and they were right. Oh, resting which face? Resting W T H C H face. Oh yeah, Thank resting you. which face? Nice. Which nice. face makes more sense than watch uh, face? Resting watch face. Well, watch has a face. No, I yeah. see where you okay. where you're going with that. Okay, we're talking about clocks. Um, but yes, he is wearing roller skates. I don't, I, yeah, I, but for me, it's like, ah, oh, the 70s, everyone was roller skating. I don't know why I think that. Yeah, no, but it did seem like a very, and like, obviously, we've cycled back to it, but there's a lot of people yes. on roller skates again. Yeah, during, especially during quarantine, I feel like I've seen a lot of people roller skating, like on Instagram yeah. and stuff. It does People are just fun. like looking for activities. And exactly. we are all kind of living a little bit like we're on in Antarctica. Yeah, at that a makes sense. A research lab where there's nothing else to do and it's exactly. about to get really fucking cold. So. Yeah, we've cycled back through. Yeah, definitely. We're now, we're now all the way back there. And this is um, another fuck up of mine. Actually, if you just send me things I screw up, that would be great. <laughs> and I owe, I owe not just Allison an apology, but the world. Yeah. Because we, we got an email from a listener, Meredith. Thank you so much for sending this in. And she said, I thought, I just really thought it should be highlighted that Allison did correctly guess the twist for the visit. She guessed that they were dead the whole time. And technically, she was right. The grandparents were dead the whole time. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I also sometimes, by the end of an episode, do forget what I guessed or said at the beginning. So it's fair that we didn't address it because I had forgotten what I guessed. But I was right. And I think that that's an important thing that we should focus on every time it happens. <laughs> now, I would argue that that's not like what you meant. Like you meant that they were like ghosts. But you know what? Yes. I, that's me. You know what happens when you assume? You yeah. Know what I, mean? I, it, I probably did mean ghosts. And not that they were dead and replaced by two escaped patients from a hospital nearby. Right. I probably meant ghosts. But, um, you, but, but regardless, you were I, right. Look, if we were if we were in a court of law right now, we would rule this as I was right. There's no way to establish intent. <laughs> Eventually, we will be put on trial for this podcast, I think. <laughs> I, I assume in some way that we absolutely will. Yeah. 
something else I'd like to take to bring to Allison, I suppose, yeah. and throw at her feet like a dead rat, is that in our in one of our episodes, she claims <laughs> that she enjoys the combination of peanut butter and mint. And this, of course, was was brought to our attention by Twitter user Ivy Mike Eats, yeah. and he was alarmed. He said, yep. I know I'm way late to this, but peanut butter and mint. And I went back and Allison very fervently says <laughs> peanut butter and mint. And I just say, Allison, what, what were you thinking? I believe what I was trying to say was either was either talk about the, the wonderful combination that is peanut butter and chocolate or the combination that is peanut butter. Or, I'm doing it again. Chocolate and mint. Wow. You, yeah, this is like when you forget your I own think name. I subconsciously want to eat peanut butter and mint together. <laughs> well, we did look it up, and there are a lot of, like, recipes where you, if you have, like, a summer roll with mint in it and then, like, a peanut sauce, like a savory yeah. peanut sauce, that would be good. In savory food, I think, like, peanut and mint work. I mean, like, most Thai and Vietnamese, like, you'll see a lot of that. But, like, candy, which is, I'm sure, what I was talking about. <laughs> no, absolutely, because then you immediately bring up Junior Mints, which obviously you meant to say chocolate. I meant to say chocolate. when you said it, I was so, if you hear my reaction, I was aghast. But, like, also that, like, but you didn't even, met, like, the fact that, like, you were just like, I guess that is what you like. <laughs> like, that just speaks a little bit to, like, what I like. That oh, yeah, you're, like, you're a woman of strong, not necessarily correct <laughs> opinions. And so it didn't seem that far. Or, I, or alternately, I thought, like, well, maybe you've had something that combined those, and I've just never heard of it. And it was good. Yeah. I mean, I am someone who likes things that other people don't like and things that yeah. are bad. So I could see why you would just kind of be like, yikes, and then kind of keep it moving. <laughs> yikes, stripes. Yikes. Stripes. Um, that gum. That doesn't exist anymore, does it? Um, yeah, because someone let us know if... if you, was it, I, I remember... The fruit our, stripe gum still um, I'm going to Google it. Everyone stand by. <laughs> I have very... I feel very strongly about that gum. For younger people, I don't know if you even know it. Yeah. Fruit stripe gum. Does fruit stripe gum still exist? It had that zebra... <laughs> Um, yeah, I googled does fruit stripe gum still exist, and there's a, um, a link that just says yes. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> problem solved. No need to do more research. Thanks, Google. I honestly want that to be how all things are answered. <laughs> just, yes. <laughs> well, one time I tweeted about this, but one time I was googling Kevin Smith. I can't remember why the director. I think I was looking up. He made like a he went vegan, and I knew my boyfriend been trying to eat vegan, so I think I was looking up. Yeah, what did he eat? What did he eat now? He because he he went vegan, and it said that he died in two thousand five. And one, he's not died, not dead at all, and he certainly didn't die thirteen years ago. He's still on Twitter, and I was like, wow, what you know? And then it also says it said like the next thing down was it didn't say how he died, which would make sense. It said right. why he died. I was like, what? Google thing is happening, and it said Why? onset accident. And then I realized there's actually an actor named Kevin Smith, which it makes sense. There's, it's oh. very common to me. Yeah, so I googled Kevin Smith again. And the first question is, when did Kevin Smith die? Oh, February fifteenth, two thousand two. But if I didn't know the director, I'd be like, oh, that's that's too bad. I didn't know he died eighteen years ago. <laughs> so many. Like he made a lot up. of posthumous movies. Right. So weird. Posthumous? Well, speaking of speaking of death, um, yeah. the next thing we want to talk about because we, of course, in our candy extravaganza talk about black licorice. I don't think that that was the worst thing we tried, but I think it was second worst. Yeah. Good and Plenty was our least favorite candy, but I think that black licorice came in second. You know, it was all bad. It's all it's all blurry now. It was all now. disgusting except for Whoppers. And none of it was, none. Of, all of it was more edible than the uh, turkey, yes. which honestly we've had since before Halloween and I just threw it out because I was like, Good. we have to get rid of this. 
want to talk about this. this is from the New York Times. A man died after eating a bag of black licorice every day. That's so much. Like, I do you think that there's anything that you eat every single day? I mean, coffee. The same thing. Okay, co- like take take out milk. caffeine. Like take um, out like coffee because that. Though I guess like sure that's like part of this, but but food like a consumable food. But I feel like this is the kind of thing where like. I mean, I eat the same thing all the time. I don't know, like peanut yeah. butter M&M's, oat square cereal, blueberries. Mm-hmm. I'm a creature of habit. Me too. I guess so, that. So, um, and it reminds me of that guy who ended up getting a popcorn lung from eating a bag of popcorn every day or multiple bags of popcorn, and he would inhale the fumes. Oh, I was going to say, I don't think that eating popcorn gives you popcorn lung, but inhaling the bag would. I think, and I think it's like it, if you made it at home, your own popcorn, it wouldn't do that. It was really more the inhaling the a burning hot vapor was the issue. Yes. So yeah, don't do that for don't sure. Do that. But I also wouldn't eat a bag of uh, black licorice every day. I don't know that that's like any, a risk that anybody is running in our audience, but. He had no history of heart problems. He walked his dog regularly and he worked a physically demanding job as a construction worker. In January 2019, he collapsed in McDonald's and died. The likely culprit, black licorice. That's a bummer to die in a McDonald's. <sighs> I mean, there I by the grace of God, uh, go most of us, as far as <laughs> right. I'm concerned. Um, so black licorice contains glycerizic acid. Yeah, I think, I think that's how you pronounce it. That sounds right. Glycerizic acid. That uh, will, will lead to low potassium numbers. Yeah, so. it causes potassium levels to drop, and he prompts a cardiac arrest. Wow. It's like, also, he had a poor diet and smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. So I, I, well, I do believe that the black licorice is part of it. I don't know if it's the whole story. Oh, my God. It was a switch from red to black licorice three weeks before his death, the doctor says, proved <gasps> fatal. Look, I think we already alarmed the world that, like, black licorice is not for consumption and you shouldn't eat it. But this, if anything, just proves our point. Boy, you know, it just I guess it's just one of those things where, like, you just don't know what you don't know. And yes. I wouldn't have been able to know if you ate a bag of black licorice every day. It seems compared to a lot of other vices, gross, I wouldn't understand it, but like... Not particularly not dangerous. Terrible. It's not smoking meth. It's, you know. Wow. The FDA warns people who are 40 or older that eating two ounces of black licorice a day for at least two weeks can cause heart arrhythmia. So ain't no one should be eating... Yeah, black licorice. And if you eat two ounces of black licorice a day, you can cause heart problems. This is fascinating. I've this never heard of this. This should be on the packaging. I mean, you're going to have to sue big, big, yeah, li- big licorice. Big licorice is not going to go mean, for that. They're in our sights. And it just sucks because most people, I just think at this point in time, who do eat licorice are probably over 40. Oh, for sure. I don't think that young people are like picking up licorice as a habit. No. So please, if you're listening to this and you have an older friend or relative and they're just housing black licorice... Please let them know about this. Yes, this is a this is a this PSA. Is wild. It's crazy. It's just one of those things where it's like you just couldn't. Who could have known? Who could have known? I mean, I trust that my doctors are are very smart and know everything about medicine that they need to know to take care of me. But like, if I was like, if I was this man and I was like, I eat a lot of red licorice, uh, but I'm switching to black licorice. Like, would a doctor be like, no? Like would they know, like would anyone yeah. know to tell you not to? It seems like such a tiny, specific, weird thing. Yeah, like yeah, like even even a doctor wouldn't necessarily have known that this was could potentially happen because it's so rare. Yeah. Wow. Well, this kind of blew my mind. 
That I like that the end of the New York Times article, it says, black licorice is not a poison. It's fine <laughs> taken some small do- amounts and frequently, but when taken on a regular basis, it can lead to these other issues. I mean, it tastes wow. like poison, so I, 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 yeah. it all tracks for me. But while we're on the topic of candy, you mentioned earlier, you just threw away the Thanksgiving dinner dog food slash candy corn. Yes. How did the rest of your, what happened to the rest of your candy after our candy taste test? Well, did you eat any of it? Did um, Dave eat any of it? Yes. Did you throw it away? Dave ate the rest of the good and plenties. Or, um, I don't, he didn't eat the soft eating licorice. He's not that depraved. No. Well, I mean, good. It seems like that probably saved him. But yeah, he did. He kept eating the good and plenties. And at one point, he said they were sneaky good. And I've heard from a couple people who that's how they would describe them. It's like you have something like, oh, well, and then later you're like, that was pretty good, wasn't it? So I don't, I don't know. Again, interesting. So what about you? Did you? I the, the well, the good and plenties were old. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. The, oh, the good and plenties I threw away, and I was like, I don't even know if it's good and plenty or if it's just the fact that these are from 1986 that I don't like them. Um, yeah, I threw the licorice away as soon as we finished recording. I didn't eat any of that. I threw away my candy corn immediately, but I only had like yeah. a tiny little package of it. Um, it was like a dime bag, basically. <laughs> the Whoppers I ate, and I kept, you know, I kept the white chocolate around for a minute, being mm. like, I feel like in a pinch, I'm going to crave chocolate, and there's not going to be anything here, and I'm not going to want to go out, and like a piece of this will kind of do it for me. It's not chocolate. And then it's that not. happened, and I took a tiny bite, and I threw the entire rest of that expensive bar of chocolate right to the garbage. I was like, this yeah. is not even worth keeping in my cabinet. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't. There's nothing there. There's nothing there for nothing. me. Yeah, we we Dave ate the whoppers because as we discussed, he loves whoppers, and we kept the licorice. Other than that, it was all. I mean, just a wash. Wash, and also like we're coming up on the time of the year where we just are, everyone's eating treats all the time, and the so treats are good. Like, yeah, and we had actual candy for Halloween. So, right. I you know I just think live in the now. Yeah, yeah. Never ever eat good and plenty don't eat unless you that like you them. Don't if want. you like them, you like them. Exactly. Eat the candy you want, not the candy society tells you to eat. <laughs> or Twitter tells you to eat based on how this happened. Speaking of things that Twitter has told us to do. Oh, yeah. We've gotten a lot of requests for a couple different movies. Yes. And we want, obviously, we always want people to tell us movies that we should be doing. If you have thoughts on, you know, what would make a great episode, things you want spoiled, favorite movies you want to hear more about, we're on board. We definitely yes. get a few... Like, that just constantly come up. And those movies are Scream, The Shining, and Silence of the Lambs. And Allison, could you explain to the people why we cannot do these three extremely well-known and famous movies? Here is the problem with those three absolute classics. Is Mm -hmm. they are actually three movies that I have seen. I would classify Silence of the Lambs as purely a thriller. I don't think that that's a horror movie. And I understand that it is scary, and I was scared watching it. But that's one of my... That's a almost a favorite movie of mine. Yeah. Like, it's such I, a I good, it's such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. Do not, if you're a scared person, like, you can handle it. It's about murder. It's not about, like, I mean, it's more, it's about more than murder, but it's not, it's not some, like, super terrifying, you know, it's a psychological thriller. Yeah, the FBI thriller, is involved. Sure. It's not like, you know, yeah, it's much. like, I mean, a lot of the, there's so many 80s and 90s movies where it was, like, a crime thriller, and we don't make them as much. I guess they just, like, 
don't make the kind of crazy money like movies are expected to yeah. make. But yeah, I love those. thrillers were so fun. Yeah. Yeah, like um, uh, Ashley Judd. And, yeah, like, I was going to say those. Kiss the Girls was one that like I remember yeah. was like a movie where I was like, this isn't a scary movie, but it is very suspenseful when I saw it. So yeah. for that reason, you know, I've, I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Shining is one of the few like classic horror movies. And I still consider that one like a little bit of a psychological journey. And a, and a great film. It's, like, studied so much, like, for its visual stuff and motifs and, and narrative. So I, I've seen it, and I'm sorry. And, like, I watched it back-to-back with one of my friends. We watched The Shining. I'd seen The Shining already. I've seen it twice. We watched it again. And then right after it, we, like, double-featured it with the that documentary, uh, Room 237, that's oh, on yeah. Netflix, that's very poorly put together and obviously all trash. Yeah, I remember seeing it and being like, oh, well, like, but this isn't, like, real. Right. Like, I wanted, like, a documentary that, like, unpacks, like, theories about a movie. That's, like, such a fun, I mean, I, like, took a lot of film, like, film theory classes in college. So, like, that's, I'm like, this is fun. I like discussion. But, like, this was just, like, somebody trying to prove that, uh, that the common theory that The Shining was Stanley Kubrick's way of telling the world that he is the director responsible for staging the moon landing because we never went to the moon. So you could see how much weight you need to give that documentary. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Also, we all know that he didn't stage the moon landing because the earth is flat and the moon is a hologram. So it's yeah. like... Yeah, it's like mm, weird that okay. people don't just uh, accept facts. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen Scream because, like, it came out when I was exactly the age I was supposed to be yes. when it came out. And, like, if you were in, like late, middle, early high school when that movie came out, you went and saw it in theaters if with your you friends. you were anybody, you were, you anybody. were You were watching Nev Campbell and Matthew Lillard. And I'm excited they just um, announced Scream 5. I am excited. I will watch that. I think that that, like, it's like the I one... I four. I thought it was super fun. I, th- I definitely have seen some of the sequels, but it's, I don't, they didn't stick. I just don't, I remember that the Scream movies as a whole, like as a franchise, have great soundtracks because it was back when like yes. movies had really good soundtracks. So shout out to the good soundtracks of the late 90s. Yeah. Also, people were mad that Scream 5 was just going to be called Scream because they wanted to be Scream, but like the 5 was the S, was the S. But then I guess. Uh, if technically oh. that that means the movie was named Five Cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the studio's like, yeah, we're not going to name the, the Five cream. Five Cream. But then I want to say one of the actors, I'm trying to look who it was, made like T-shirts. Oh, Jack Quaid. He made T-shirts for everyone in the movie that said, this is Five Cream, and it has uh, Ghostface holding five little uh, cartons of milk. So I thought that was fun. That's fun. When you were saying the S being the five, in my mind, because, like, the way that we always, like, make movie sequels, I was imagining the Roman numeral five, which is a V, and I was like, V, scree. Like, I was just, like, trying Interesting. to see it. That's But really now, funny. of course, I understand that S and five are similarly shaped. Yeah. But, I mean, they didn't, I don't even think they're going Scream 5. I think they're just calling it Scream, which I, there's an elegance... You know. Yeah, no, I do like just back, a back-to-basics approach. Yeah. We wanted to uh, answer some questions and comments coming in on yeah. our social. Frozen Stacks on Instagram said, what are your favorite guilty pleasure horror flicks? And boy, I I just love so many. I guess for me, I don't know that this is a horror comedy. It is a horror movie, but Jennifer's Body. I love a horror comedy, so I'm just always going to 
steer towards a horror comedy. Mm. I have wanted to know more about that. So I am open to it being uh, an episode of the podcast. And then um, and then I would say Scream. Scream 4 is a huge... I don't, again, I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure, but there is something about it where it's like, I could be watching a good movie, a good movie, a new movie that is also good. So I'm like in yes. widening my array. But mm-hmm. I agree that I'm just going to watch... I mean, Scream 2, Scream 3, I'll watch the, the bad ones. Yeah. Which one? When were they in college and they were, like, doing the, like, Greek tragedy stage production? That is number two. That that, that makes sense. And then number three, they're in Hollywood. And that one has par- um, oh. um, Parker Posey. Oh, great. Instead in of Nev Campbell? Um, or is Nev Campbell in all of them? I, what is that? I don't even know if she's in three, honestly. Let me see. Courtney she's Cox in is in all of them. Yes, Courtney Cox. Like, also, Courtney Cox, an excellent actress, in my opinion. Big yeah, Nev is, in, Nev is in Scream 3. I think the, the gang's all here for all of them, which okay. is also, I think, what people wanted for, you know, this fifth one. Yeah. Well, I'm excited Nev for it. Nev would, would, would show back up and everything. Why wouldn't she? I mean, that's her claim to fame, baby. Yeah. An Instagram reply we got from uh, at Amy Pavlov asked us, in your opinion, does a horror movie have to have a twist in order to be good? Which I think is a really good question because yeah. it kind of defines the genre, but not really. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I love twists. I love a twist. But I also really, I just, I'm someone who could rewatch movies. I've talked about this before. So, like, I just, I enjoy a twist, but your movie better be able to stand without a twist. Yes. And, and if it can, then that's a good movie. Yeah. If the whole thing hinges on a twist. It might not be a good movie. Yeah, it leads it leads people down a primrose path, I think, where they <laughs> sort of think, oh, if there's a twist, then then it's a horror movie. And it's like, no, nah, it's got to be a good movie with or without a twist. Yes. And I think something like Rosemary's Baby, where it's like, yeah, you don't know all the specifics, but there's no real twist. Like, you know early on yeah. that she's being manipulated and impregnated uh, for this uh, witch coven. And you're just watching her, the dread, you know, or something like, um, you know— Funny games, where it's like, right? There is some, yeah. There's sort of some some, some elements like, that are a surprise, sure. but most of it is like this is a home invasion movie and strap in. What do you think, Allison? I mean, I think like that's the thing I want to know about. Like mm-hmm. that's like the premise. It's a little bit of the premise of this podcast, um, <laughs> but like that's always like the th- that's like what always like hooked me with like wanting to like read Wikipedia entries about horror movies. So like, yeah. That is a fun thing to find out, but also so many of these are so scary without twists and are just... And, like, The Shining. There's no twist in The Shining, really. Like, right. you know, there's no big reveal. Yeah, it's just sort of unfolding. Yeah, I love a twist, but I also... I don't need it. I simply don't need it. You don't need it. I don't remember you want it from um, at Jimmy Knowles on Instagram. What's the scariest real-life moment you've ever had? I've had scarier moments, but the one that immediately came to mind, I remember being in high school, I was driving home from the movies with my friend Kelly, and we're driving down, like, this big hill. You kind of have to go into a valley and then back up uh, to get back to where we live. And we're wa- we're driving down this hill, and we both look to the side. It's the middle of the night, you know? I mean, it's like we got a, it's like 11 or something, and we're driving right. home. And there's a man who's completely nude <gasps> walking down this hill next to the road. And I think no. we called the cops just to be like, hey, we just saw somebody, and I don't know what happened with him. But it was like in the darkness seeing a completely nude person walking. He didn't He didn't look injured or anything, but that doesn't mean that things That's weren't— That's less scary. If he was injured and Then it's nude, like, oh, he was in a car accident. Something, something has happened. happened. Yeah, I agree. And it was just so jarring and shocking like as a teenager to be like, 
Oh boy, I don't know what happened to lead up to this, but I know it ain't good. No. And also like the fact that you don't have resolution. Yeah. Like that you're just like, we called, but like, we don't know what happened. That doesn't sit well. So I don't know. That just comes, you know, obviously I have like scarier, like personal moments, but I don't want to get into those. But like, yeah, that's something where it's just like, it comes to you so suddenly, like a weird moment like that. And it's like, I don't know. I have no information. I have one of the like biggest jumps I've ever like scared, like being frightened. I was sleeping, it, I was in my parents' house, so it must have been, like, during high school or, like, when I was home from college at some point. But one of the walls in my bedroom is, like, a wall that shares the chimney, like, on the outside of the house. So, like, the wall is, it's a normal wall, like, drywall. It's, like, you know, a shitty suburban house. So, like, of course. But, like, obviously, like, that wall gets really warm and, like, there's, like, humidity in it. But I had a giant, giant framed uh, oh, frame no. hanging there. And like, this was not, thank God, this was not where my bed was. My bed was on the other side of the room. But like, in the middle of the night while I was sleeping, this giant, like, you know, three foot by five foot framed in a metal frame glass print, like, fell down because like oh, that no. wall was so unsustainable. And it like, it was the loudest noise I've ever heard in the middle of the deepest sleep I've ever been in. <laughs> like, oh, it was just no. like, I have, like, I to this day, I'm like, I can't believe I didn't actually have, like, an, a real heart attack. Like, it was oh, no. so, I woke up and I was like, well, I'm just awake now. This is it. Like, I did not go back to sleep. It was so, obviously, I was fine. Everything was fine. It didn't even break. Like, but it just, like, hit the floor and it was, I think it's also why I will never, ever, ever hang something over my bed. Yeah, I I, I definitely think that's the way to go. I live in LA and earlier this year, we were living prior to this apartment, we were in a sublet and there was a minor earthquake, which didn't affect us, but the apartment next to us, whatever was on the wall on the other side of our wall that our um, bed was up against, fell to the ground. And so we definitely woke up to that. Yeah, it's just so... Any like also like any sound in the middle of the night when you're asleep, like it's one thing if you're trying to go to sleep and you hear like wee, wee, like creaky like nightmares, but like a loud noise while you're dead asleep, just like what it does to your body is so intense. Um, I just got a question that I think is a really good one from Will on Instagram, and he says, "What is the scariest movie that you have seen that is not a horror movie?" Ooh. That's what I think is really interesting. Or not billed as a horror movie. Interesting. I watch uh, you know, a lot of true crime documentaries. And so I think a lot of those, I would say, oh, there's something wrong with Aunt Diane. If anyone has seen this documentary. What is that about? It's a, it was a documentary directed by Liz Gabris or Garbus. Oh, yeah. Um, essentially, this woman named Diane Schuler, who caused a fatal car accident and killed people in both cars. And it looks like she did it intentionally, and no one knows why. And there, her family obviously was in denial about this, and I think her husband still is. Like, why would somebody do this? So it's just sort of like with the documentary it starts, and it's sort of like there must be some other explanation. Like she had a medical problem, or she, you know, I mean, there had to be something. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you get to the end, it's like there's nothing really to explain it, and there's something very terrifying about that. So you should watch it. There's something wrong with Aunt Diane. It's really good. I feel like there are ones I can I that I can't recall at this point that I have definitely felt like bordered on horror, but were certainly not horror movies. Let's see. Oh, uh, well, we there is of course the movie we always talk about, William. Oh yes, William. We should talk about William. That movie, I think, like having not seen it yet, and neither have I. So we're we're figuring out how to spoil in it the future. For each other. 
this will get spoiled in yeah. some way. It, we will ruin it. But Hallie came across the trailer for the movie William, which I cannot stop calling Edward, which is a movie about uh, a, a couple of scientists. Not like a couple of scientists, but like a couple where they are both scientists. And Thank uh, you for clarifying. I, well, it's just like we need to establish what's going on here from a family standpoint. Exactly. And I think that they, they, they're, they're struggling to have a kid, I'm pretty sure, is part of the premise here because otherwise why would they... I might be putting that on this trailer in a way that I can't confirm that it's part of the plot. Yeah. But they, they're they like evolutionary biologists or something, and they, they find uh, DNA of a Neanderthal that is still, I guess, alive and usable, and they use it to impregnate the woman, and she has a baby that I guess is kind of like a missing link-style uh, stepping stone between like, early man and modern man. Yeah. But that it's just kind of, like, a very, uh, like, family drama. St- it looked like This Is Us. Like, that's what it right. felt like. Yeah. It felt like that, but that it's about this, like, half Neanderthal, half modern 19-year-old, like, trying to fit in in college. It just, it is scary, <laughs> but it's not a horror movie. Right, it's sort of like the idea of like, why would you do this to a sentient being? Where it's yes. like, oh, science, whatever. And then you see the actual person's life and it's like, you you did, you did, were wrong. You were yeah. wrong to do this. And there, right. I guess maybe that's something like scary about like, you know, the idea of being a scientist, we should do this. And it's right. like, but it's why? Like, just because we could doesn't mean but we should. Why? Um, why? Before we wrap things up, we just want to address one movie that was trending on TikTok, so we were considering doing it, um, Megan is Missing. And I'll be absolutely honest, I started watching this movie, and I'm like, I can't do it. It is, I think, it is scary, I will say that. But it is, and we talked about this with Orphan, it is in such poor taste to put children, which the protagonists are Megan Missing, in danger without earning it. And... I got it far enough in the movie to see an adult man hit a 13-year-old girl in the face. And that's, like, not the point of the plot of the movie. Right. That's just I'm something like, that happens. I think I'm good. Yeah. I just don't have it in me to do this. So we won't be doing that movie. I tried. It's just, it's also not to critique, like, the specific quality of a movie. It is, the dialogue feels like you're watching a dare video. Yeah. it Which doesn't help, you know. Oh, and uh, our producer who also tried, and I don't think completed watching it. Uh, there's no twist. Yes, we, we yeah, Sabrina saw it, the whole thing. Yeah. She says there's no twist. So take that as, as you will. I didn't certainly didn't, didn't get through it, won't be revisiting it. But to touch back on, does a movie need a twist? If you're going to have a bad movie, and again, I don't want to watch a movie where a child is harmed without being earned, but like, if just like a poorly written, poorly acted, bad movie, you're going to need a huge crazy, surprise, fun twist. To right, like, you have to make it like, like why are we watching it. this? Yeah. Yes. It's the same thing with like torture porn, where it's like, I don't want to watch this. No. Unless this movie is like worth sitting there's, through something like this. There's yeah, a there's point some kernel. to it. There's some kernel. something that, yeah. that nah. carries us through. But so that's a wrap on that. As sorry. As far as you ask me. Well, guys, we hope you had fun with this. Let us know if you want us to do these kind of just chattier, newsy, grab baggy yeah. type episodes. We just thought it'd be a fun you know, way to update you and, I don't know, yeah. just hang out. Yeah, it's fun to just chat. And also, like, there's still, there's always news popping about uh, horror movies and horror stories and the entertainment industry. So we'll try and stay on top yeah. of those. And if you have other questions and 
general thoughts for us. We are here to listen and we'll we'll do this again if if you want us to. Yeah. We'd like to. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. And I'm gonna say it. Say it. Please keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. 